0: You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and welcome to tonight's best possible taste with me, Sharon Noonan, wishing you a very happy new year. Welcome to 2017. Tonight's show is the first in the year, and I've had a few weeks off, so I hope you enjoyed the second helping shows that we were airing for you tonight the guests. I'm going to be delving into the archives and we're going to be talking to Dominique Kemp about juicing and also Evan Mangan about blogging because I'm conscious that New Year, a lot of people have New Year's resolutions and blogging and juicing could be two of them. New interviews include Rachel Keeley, our resident restaurant reviewer who will be in studio shortly. And I'm also going to be visited in the studio by Maria Brosnan from Beckett Easy. So she's going to be inspiring us with some very easy to make cookies. If you would like to get in touch with me at best possible taste, my email address is live.ie, or you can obviously tweet me at QueenOfOrg, as in Queen of Organisation. So as I said tonight, our resident restaurant reviewer, Rachel Keeley from Food and Wine magazine returns and I believe that it is Kilkenny that she has been in of late. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Rachel, you're welcome to the studio this evening. Thanks Sharon, it's great to be here.
1: And tonight you've been somewhere that I don't think you've been to before on the show and that's Kilkenny. Yes, yes, it's um, not some place that I travel to very often, um, but I should because it's absolutely beautiful. There's some
0: fantastic restaurants there.
1: There are, without a doubt. um, And I will definitely be scheduling a return trip to try and take uh, take advantage of those. This is a daytime trip only, so it was dipping in, I think, and dipping out, unfortunately.
0: And the place that you visited was called Café Saul and Whenever you said that to me, I said, Is it Spanish tapas type place? And you said, No,
1: no, possibly it might have started out that way, but um, I'm definitely not getting that vibe from the uh, from the menu anymore. It's um, it's certainly got you know quite a European feel to it, um, and the, the menu would be it is quite broad ranging, and um, but I don't think it's something that um is specifically Spanish. I think it might have been fish shop beforehand because there are shoals of fish on the wall. I I spent a lot of my dinner trying to figure this out but I I neglected to ask somebody so I should have done. Where in the the city is it? It's on William Street um, and it's quite distinctive because it has a very big, vivid, bright orange facade so you can't possibly miss it if you're strolling through the lovely old medieval cobblestone streets.
0: And what attracted you to it? Was it the orange façade or had you heard about it
1: from somebody? I had heard about it on uh, social media. I kind of, I always keep an ear to the ground to see what's interesting and what's a little bit new and and worth visiting out there. Uh, And a lot of my, I suppose the group that I would follow on Twitter had been mentioned Kilkenny and at the same time Café Sol often popped up. Uh, So I said I must schedule a trip there and my sister's hen party provided just that opportunity. Excellent, (laughs) excellent. So there was a gang of you by the signs of it? There were. now it it, We are we're a little bit boring in my family. It was a tame uh, hen party. There was only about eight of us, the same as, as was on my hen. So there was no sort of like 25 L-plated women trooping into it or anything like that. But uh, we went the next morning, so it was a good place for uh, uh, reviving feed. Because mm. Kilkenny is a bit of a stag hen. Oh, without a doubt. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, And you can kind of tell the city is used to that to a certain extent as well. It's sort of geared for larger crowds. Um, In this particular restaurant as well, there were quite a few bigger tables. Uh, But again, they, they seem to handle it quite well. They're very used to it, you know. Well, tell us then about the menu and the sort of dishes that were on it. Um, well we went uh, for brunch and the menu uh, was very very attractive actually I, I liked it led with a quote from a gentleman called Guy Beringer who said brunch is cheerful sociable and inciting and uh, I have to say so was the menu I kind of wanted a lot of things on it uh, it's got a lot of different kind of mixtures of normal breakfast things like you know, eggs and sourdough toast and then the obligatory hipster favourites such as chorizo and avocado and then there are also sort of more robust offerings like a pulled pork, pork bap and things like that so for people who might need a bit more sustenance in the morning um, I actually went for a special from the blackboard menu and that seems to change every day and always has something a little bit new and a little bit exciting uh, in this case it was rigatoni in a rich tomato base with uh, pesto and chorizo um, and chicken as well so it was a big hearty rich pasta dish, a substantial dish and yet I finished it all, Sharon, which never happens. So, <laughs> yeah. and you have none of the signs off the of a bread. Thank you very thing. much. I'm glad to be on radio today. <laughs> <Nothing else. laughs> but it's uh, yeah, it was, it was it was very very flavoursome, very very fresh, and um, everything was there was a subtlety woven through with it that nothing was particularly strong, but all the flavours uh, worked together very very well. The chorizo in particular just added that lovely shot of piquancy to to the tomato sauce, which can sometimes need a little bit of elevation to it. You know, uh, very. very very nice meal something I I certainly enjoyed very much and for 11 euro 50 not terrible value either and tell me
0: then about what other dishes were ordered if there was a gang of you there must have been some other nice
1: interesting dishes there there were, yes, yeah. so quite a few people had uh, salmon, um I know that they were enjoying that and others then had sort of more traditional things like the burger and the pork bath. Um, one of my one of our guests, my cousin actually, ordered a vegetarian option, which was very unusual because none of us are even close to being vegetarian at all. Um, but she just said, you know what, it's something worth a try. So she chose the vegetable and nut roast. Which I hadn't tried either, so I was delighted that she ordered it and I could taste some. Um, It was sort of resembled a meatloaf, but obviously without the carnivorous element to it. Um, It was not the most beautiful looking dish by any stretch of the imagination it sort of looked like a big lump of clay essentially um, and the kitchen had tried they had covered it over with a lovely vibrant salad um, and they served it with uh, salsa as well a lovely vibrant fresh salsa so they did try to make it look a little bit pretty but to be fair it didn't matter once we tasted it it was absolutely fantastic um, I could possibly even be a convert to looking down further in the menu and, and taking in vegetarian possibilities after this it was um I had that lovely satisfying heft of a hearty roast but at the same time the rustic flavours of the soft vegetables and then this lovely kind of little gentle sweetness um, that went with it with the nuts as well it was a fantastic dish and something i really really enjoyed there's a cafe called jam i think they
0: started in kenmare and they have a place in killarney and they used to have the cafe in bali cd garden center and they would have done a dish like that that i just loved Especially with a nice relish.
1: Wow! Okay, yeah, hey, That's really interesting. Nice, yeah, I must actually mark that down before I leave, so that yeah, could be that could be a lovely running. now. So yeah. that, it's
0: always good, I think, as well, whenever there is a big group like that, when you get somebody that's going to try something that you might not want to take the risk of trying, yes. because you don't want to spoil your whole no. meal,
1: but that you can get a little taste of. Absolutely, Sharon. that morning we had had a fair amount of glasses of Prosecco the night before. I needed a proper hearty dish, but at the same time getting to taste something, how somebody else has worked out well. And did you have to have a hair of the dog to go with it? Unfortunately, we had to drive back, so there was none of that happening. Uh, but they do have a really good cocktail list, actually a lot of people around us were having mimosas and bellinis and all those things that uh, people who lived closer by could enjoy um but we ordered a, a non-alcoholic cocktail which was organic elderflower syrup and then paired with just simply sparkling balagamon it was fantastic very very refreshing very very um i suppose thirst quenching as well and uh, something a little bit elegant as well better than just having tap water at the table nice. yeah. 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 you know <laughs> And dessert? Then no dessert? Yes, dessert. We did. We managed a dessert, uh, which between, we all dug. <laughs> me <at> all, really. <laughs> which we all dug a spoon into. Um, I think we were sort of still feeling the the sugar effects of the, all the prosecco from the night before. So we split a chocolate brownie, dark chocolate, and um, it was very nice. Just that right side of bitter that that is quite difficult to master, actually, um, and then that taste was tempered with a sweet Belgian chocolate sauce and the obligatory creamy vanilla ice cream, which worked beautifully with it. Um, and again, that's not terribly expensive, four ninety-five, and quite a good-sized portion.
0: Okay, so it all sounds like it's good value
1: for for money. Yeah, I mean, we spent 30, just over 30 euro on two main courses, two cordials and a dessert. Now, you know, we hadn't gone mad. There was no wine or beer or anything like that. But still, for the amount of food involved and for sort of leaving with very satisfying full tummies, certainly it was good value. Okay, so that's Café Saul in Kilkenny. And the details are on your
0: blog? They are, yeah, or um, com. Super. Mm -hmm. Thanks for coming in tonight and we shall talk to you again soon. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Sharon. Cheers. Chin chin.
2: Salut. schleunter.
0: Great as always to talk to Rachel and you heard her saying her web address there because she's great to blog about all the places that she goes to eat and drink and there's lots more on her website there as well. And speaking of blogging, we have an interview from the archives and it's with Evan Mangan from the marketing crowd. I spoke to him a couple of years about blogging and I'm going to air that interview again tonight just in case blogging or starting your blog or refreshing your blog is one of your goals for 2017. Bon appetit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Evan, thanks for joining me this evening to talk about blogging. No problem. I'd say a lot of people may have it as their New Year resolution to actually start writing a blog.
3: Yeah, very possibly. Um, It's something that most people have heard about. Actually, lots of people ask me, what is a blog? Uh, They're just not even sure. They've heard that it's something on a website. A blog actually can take many forms, mainly it's either part of your website or it's an entire website. And what you do is you share content with your website visitors. So if you were a chef, you might be blogging and sharing lots of recipes and um, food preparation tips and even things about that are happening in your in you know in your life. If you're a restaurant, you might be blogging again about recipes and uh, food. It really depends. It could be an article, it could be a video, it could be a a how-to guide, anything like that, and that's a blog.
0: And how does somebody go about setting one up? If they don't have a website, for example, if it's maybe just a mother at home that likes cooking for her children and wants to share that with the world...
3: Okay, well, there's two real ways of doing it. Uh, There is going to uh, websites that allow you to easily create a blog. Imagine going to Twitter and creating an account or Facebook and creating an account. Well, you could go to wordpress.com or you could go to blogger.com and you could very easily set up a blog. And it's very much click and drag and drop and you can be up and running in no time. If you already have a website, and you would like to start blogging, it isn't very advisable to do that because it's outside of your website. And um, if people land on your website and then they click on a link for blog, you're sending them out of your website. If your blog is very successful and you attract lots of links back to your blog, you're not going to get any search engine optimization benefit, SEO benefit. i.e. it, w- it won't drive you up higher in the Google rankings. So. Go to those sites if you want to create a simple one. If you wanted to add a blog to your site, really, uh, WordPress is the way to go. And uh, a web developer could add a WordPress blog to your site. Or you could you could even pick up a very affordable WordPress theme, which is a website and has a blog built in. You could pick up a WordPress theme for around $50. And uh, a very good site to go to to get one of those would be themeforest.net.
0: Because if you start off with something like WordPress or blogger.com, that can actually be free. There's no money involved in it.
3: There's no money involved. You don't have to pay anything. And for somebody dabbling in creating a blog, uh, that is something that you might want to try. But if you have a website and you were trying, let's let's think about the uh, the main reasons why somebody would have a blog. There's really three reasons. Firstly, when somebody lands on your website, uh, instead of you just selling at them and saying, you know, uh, you're looking for the product or service we're offering, we're very good at offering it. If they read your blog, then they start understanding that you are an expert in food, or that you do have amazing recipes. So you're not just selling at people, you're helping people, they get a feel for your expertise. So differentiation, that's the first reason. The second reason, is that uh, it becomes fuel for your social media marketing so that when you're on Facebook or Twitter, really, it's about sharing interesting content. And it's a lot better to be sharing links to content back to your website than to a blog away from your website. And the third reason why people have a blog is for search engine optimization. Because um, people create blog posts on topics that your audience is searching for. So let's say if you were selling uh, black pudding. Not everybody is searching for black pudding. And let's say you're selling it online, but actually thousands of people are searching for recipes to do with black pudding and scallops. So you would create a blog post, a recipe on how to create uh, black pudding and, and scallops. So that's a reason why you have a blog and you want to pull them in to your website so now they're in an environment where maybe they can buy your black pudding so having the blog outside of your website isn't really a good strategy unless you just want to dabble in blogging
0: and if you are dabbling in it how technologically minded do you need to be to actually once you have it set up
3: um, not very technologically minded you just need to uh, follow some some good practice in terms of blogging and that is um, firstly Write blog posts on topics that your audience will be interested in. And uh, there's different ways of finding that out. Uh, Do a search on uh, google.com forward slash blog search. And do a search for things like tips, recipes, whatever to do with your sector. And you'll find loads of blog posts. There is a site called buzzsumo.com. And you could do a search there and you'll see... Uh, the most popular blog posts to do with that topic. So blogging about topics that people are interested in. Then having a very interesting headline. You've got to really think like a, like a newspaper editor here. Um, five ways to do something, 10 mistakes people make. You know, those kind of blog, blog headlines. So something that's intriguing. And then when you write your blog posts, don't write like a, a, a long mass of text. Think about it in terms of breaking it up into small little paragraphs, images peppered throughout the blog post. Um, Make sure that you have social sharing like tweet this, share on Facebook. They would be some of the main, main things that you want to do.
0: And then to promote that you actually have a blog, you'd be using your social media platforms such as Facebook and Twitter? You
3: would, would exactly. As I said earlier, uh, your, your blog content becomes the fuel for your social media marketing. So on your Facebook, you would share links to your recent blog posts. On Twitter, you do the same. Depending on your market, you might also do it on LinkedIn.
0: In terms of time then... What sort of time commitment do people need to invest to make it a success?
3: Um, really, if you're blogging, it should be once a week. And uh, there's lots of stats that show the more frequently that people blog, the more views and audience that they get for the blog. So. If you're going to blog seriously, it really is at least once a week and maybe even think about doing it twice a week. And for a lot of people, that's a huge investment in terms of time. So my advice would be, unless you feel you have the time and the content and the ability, you know, don't jump into it. But if you have those things, it can be very rewarding. That said, lots of people have... um, recipes and useful tips and advice, and they want to maybe share some videos, you could use a blog technology on your website, but just don't call it a blog. You could call it free tips, or you could call it free advice, and you could do that maybe less regularly than once a week, but you still get all the other benefits I was talking about. When people come to your site, it differentiates you. It's the fuel for your social media, and it helps you in search engines. But technically, you're not blogging because you're just not doing it regularly, once a week, twice a week.
0: And for the food industry, there is so much information there on the Internet, as you say, recipes and whatnot. So could a blog be, oh, look, I made this recipe by Doreen Allen today and it worked out really fantastic. Here's my picture of it and here's a link to the recipe from wherever they got it.
3: Um, it could. It could. It really depends on whether you feel you're adding value. And you should ask yourself, if if I went to a site and I read this, would it make me feel more positive towards that company? Would I find that it was really useful? Or would I feel that it was just regurgitating loads of stuff that I've read already? And if you feel that, oh, actually, it's just regurgitating, you're, you're almost better off not doing it. It's It's not about It's not about ticking a box that says I'm producing blog articles. It's about producing content that people will feel, wow, that was excellent. Uh, This is a company that I feel really positive towards.
0: And that's if you're in business and you're doing it to enhance your business. But if you're an individual and it's nearly like a hobby for you?
3: Oh, yes, then absolutely. Uh, The example you gave is a very good one. And there's no problem with that at all
0: okay well all great advice and i know you've lots of tips and videos and uh, lots of your expertise is shared on your website which is themarketingcrowd.ie so listeners can pop on there and get lots of that free advice from you evan
3: great and also follow us on facebook where uh, there's lots more tips as well
0: thanks so much for talking to me this evening
3: thank you sharon bye
0: you're listening to the best possible taste on west limerick 102 fm Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. If you're just tuning in, you can catch the full show later in the week on the podcast, which is on my website, SharonNoonan.com, or have a look there for it in iTunes to download it free of charge, and you can listen to it using the podcast app. Just before the break, I was delving into the archives and we were hearing from Evan Mangan from the marketing crowd who was talking about blogging. And at the start of the show, resident restaurant reviewer Rachel Keeley was here talking about a recent visit to Kilkenny. Still to come tonight, we are going to go back into the archives and get some juicing inspiration from Dominic Kemp. But before that, I'm delighted to have in the studio somebody who started up a new business relatively recently, Maria Brosnan has travelled from County Kerry tonight and she's going to tell us all about her business, Beck It Easy. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Maria, thanks a million for coming into the studio this evening. No problem. Yeah,
4: delighted to be here.
0: And you have a great story, I think, to tell that a lot of people out there will enjoy hearing because you have a company and it's called Beck It Easy. Tell us what it is that you bake that is easy.
4: <laughs> um... So uh, for now, um, we have a range of four cookie mixes. Um, They're really child-friendly to use. The idea with the little cookie mixes is you're simply popping out ingredients, mixing dough, rolling balls, baking for 12 minutes to get 15 delicious cookies out of a single mix. Um, As I tell to my customers all the time, um, they're designed to be easy enough for a four-year-old to do. And I know because I have a four-year-old little boy who's well able to make them himself. Um, The idea or the concept behind the cookie mixes, it's all about uh, Uh, easy baking, baking that you can do or share as a family and it's really easy to do um, and because children find it so easy to do themselves they're really excited about baking and really excited about what they're after creating themselves so they get really into it, really involved.
0: Well I came across you at the milk market before Christmas and you had your products there and I said to myself I must tell Santa about these (laughs) products because I think they would go in the stocking very well so thankfully Santa was listening and (laughs) I have a four year old and a five year old and they each got one of them and it was the smarty one and just to describe it in more detail is it a plastic or a glass jar it's
4: plastic recyclable recycled okay plastic so it's a
0: plastic yes. recycle jar and then down at the bottom what have we got at the very so bottom it, of it
4: so yeah it's layered so the base layer then is just your flour vanilla mix um your next layer up is just a brown sugar and then the very top is just your confectionery or for the smart cookie mix it's just uh, chocolate beans
0: yeah, so we have like the smarties one, the ones at home, and then you also have chocolate chips. Yeah, what's the the other one? There's, so, is there a Belgian
4: chocolate chunky one? Yeah, so the chocolate block then is a Belgian, cho- is double Belgian chocolate in a cocoa uh, base. Um, the third one then is uh, white Belgian and cranberry with a vanilla base, and the fourth one is oatly dottly. It's oat and strawberry and vanilla and coconut. So the plan
0: is in the, in the Noonan household it, that we just get a big mix and bowl and dump everything into it you add an egg yep. and you add butter and then they just mix it through That's it
4: you literally pop out your ingredients out of the jar um, add in your egg your melted butter mix the dough roll balls flatten them a bit onto a tray good hot oven 12 minutes boom How did you come <laughs> up with this idea? Um, people have asked me this before and I, I kind of laugh about it I think I'm, um, I love baking I'm a mom with small children, no time, <laughs> and my background is in engineering, which is all about problem solving. So I think the whole thing, all of those things combined, kind of popped out. Bake it easy. Um, I do love baking, but my God, when you're a working mom, life can be so busy, and finding the time to, you know, have quality activities with your children or have quality time with them, and still be able to create something at the end of it, you know, it's a wonderful thing. Um, Baking as well as a tradition, it's something I've always loved, but actually it's something I probably went away from in my 20s. But it, when I had children again, um, I got well into my baking again. But How did you go then? How did you transition from having the idea and actually getting it on to the supermarket shelves? Uh, that was kind of a long journey, I think. Um, so was, I might have had my idea in... I came up with these ideas and I thought, Do you know something, these would be a great trial... So, um, I made up some prototypes, literally in my head, um, I wonder what these would look like if I made them up and, and just played away at myself at home, made up some prototypes. Um, I went about designing up some surveys and I knew kind of this, it's mums and mums with children that would be my main market. Um, Uh, for parents wanting to bake with their kids at home, so I made up some surveys, and I also did kind of practical focus groups. So I, um, either in my kitchen or in someone else's kitchen, I organized possibly six focus groups made up of maybe six, seven moms, uh, and they brought their children along, and I would have just um, let them use the mixes, and I would have stood back and observed and just watched, okay, how are this working, and got their feedback, got them to fill out surveys and from there really it's kind of um i would have gone and labeled them up and um i suppose it's a lot of research then understanding about your first specification knowing that you're compliant with all of the um, requirements for for labeling um and from there i i think the big break for bake it easy was so the first shop that we actually launched in was supervalue in dingle and a great manager there Kevin O'Connor he kind of he pretty much gave us our shot at um going out and trialing this so I went to his house with um, our prototypes and said, look, we've done all this work. I have all this research done. Um, I, I think this could work, um, but I just need to put it on a shelf and see. So he let us um, take the product down and uh, trial it below and see how customers were reacting. They reacted very strong. That was, so we started this in, it was I started selling in Garvey's in Dingle in October 2015. And from there, I moved into the other Garvey Group stores and from there, um, went into Food Academy, Super Value Food Academy. So in May this year, then we ended up uh, launching into 35 Super Values and we're currently in 45.
0: So that was May last year, May 2016. And you're in 35 Super Values now. Right? 45
4: now. And is this what you do full time or are you still engineering? I was engineering up until um, May this year. So I was double jobbing kind of. But in, in my, in this, I kind of had to. Yeah, I have children and I can't. Just throw it all away. Do you know that I have to be kind of um, safe in, in the way that I take risk? Um, but B, then it took time to understand, okay, how are consumers reacting to this? Is there things that we could change about it to make the product smarter? For example, when I launched in October 2015, the product was larger in size. The jar was more elaborate. It was kind of a Victorian-style old sweet jar. And uh, the product was priced at four ninety-nine. So, all of and the labelling was very different, it was a different style. So, we had to take all of that feedback into account, change the product, uh, tweak it to take all of the consumer feedback and smarten it. And that's what's on the shelf now is a smarter version of that. So, it's been a very exciting journey, but you must have come across a lot of challenges and frustrations. I think every day, if you're going to set up a business, be prepared that every day there's going to be a challenge, and when you overcome one, you face another one, but actually that doesn't necessarily that's not necessarily a bad thing because to overcome one challenge and face another challenge is all part of feeling you're on the positive direction in a the journey, do you know? Um business is all about facing challenges, um finding solutions to problems, smart solutions to problems. Um and I don't think there's ever an end. I think you're constantly, constantly, constantly smartening, constantly listening to customers, constantly smartening how you're doing it. How the business is working at the minute um, uh, I, I'm i changing the kind of the business model that I have to make the whole thing a bit smarter just because of what we've learned in the last 14 months. For somebody that is an
0: engineer you do seem to have a great grasp of all the marketing mm. needs that a, that, that a business needs to have.
4: See, I suppose my background is software engineering specifically so um, IT wouldn't be a big problem to me or software or the online side of things wouldn't be a massive problem but on the other side of that, more importantly, I think at the root of it, I am my own target customer in a way. I am a mom. I have no time. I am th- in the middle of the madness that is being a working mom with small children. It's bananas. At the same time, you do want that quality time with your children you do want to do the wholesome, simple things like baking on a Saturday morning. You want to have the time with it without feeling frustrated, like you're not doing something else that you should be doing. The pr- constant prioritizing that you have to do as as a working parent. Um, so the two things combined, I think I know who I'm speaking to, or I feel like I know who I'm speaking to because I am one of them. Do you know that way? And I just... Soft, because software is my background then as well it doesn't scare me
0: well you mentioned online there and having an online presence mm-hmm. so what online presences do you have what social media outlets do you use
4: yes so i have my i have the website bake um so you we can we sell online through bake and we have a great online deal going actually where you can buy two mixes delivered anywhere in the 32 counties delivered to your door for 10 euros um, so then the social media ends. We're, I'm on Facebook uh, at um, facebook forward slash bake it easy uh, dot IE. We're on Twitter, um, bake it easy underscore IE, uh, Instagram at bake it easy underscore IE. I'm also on Snapchat, but I'm not great at that yet. It's <laughs> I becoming very popular, I know, especially I in the know. food arena. I know. I need to get a lot better at that. And with me, it's every day is the same thing. It's about because every day it's kind of overwhelming what you could do. You have to prioritise and for me right now my priority is about my product line um, and bringing I have to so I'm happy with the cookie mixes but there's other ideas that I want to bring online to expand the range into really building out Bake It Easy to what it really is it's not just about um, baking for a Sunday morning I want to expand it out into what can you do every day uh, that is easy that is wholesome that is fun with your children that doesn't take half the day to do that can be done easily but at the same time you get the fun of baking every day so that's my priority for now definitely um uh, one or two steps below that uh, um the on, my online presence my marketing my Even doing um, a background story on Snapchat would be a wonderful thing. I know it would. It's just getting the time. It's there on the list.
0: But you are into doing videos, aren't you? Because that's something that you mentioned to me whenever I was talking to you in the milk market. You do a weekly video, is it?
4: Yes. So coming up to, well, I haven't done one over Christmas. So coming up to Christmas, especially um, if you look at my Facebook page or I have a YouTube channel as well. um, I have done different videos just These are simply me using the mixes in my own kitchen at home and just showing what you can do with them. So if you look uh, on Facebook, there's one, our Oatly-Dotly mix is a vegan-friendly mix. And actually next year that's going to become gluten-free as well. Um, So I was just showing how you can make that mix without using eggs or butter. So it can be gluten-free, dairy-free, or it can be dairy-free, egg-free and vegan-friendly. I also did a a chocolate cookie house challenge before Christmas. So we made a, a chocolate cookie house just using two of the chocolate block mixes there's also this... That was set. a great alternative to, like, the
0: gingerbread
4: Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a great idea. It yeah. looked good now. We got some great entries for that, actually. People went to real lengths, but it was great. Some of the results we got in from people was, yeah, really encouraging. <laughs> it sounds then that you have got lots of plans for
0: 2017 yes. and lots of goals yes. for 2017.
4: <laughs> New Year's morning. Um, it was, was that Sunday morning. I was up writing a list because I just woke up feeling, oh, there's so much I want to do this year. Um, I have a very set picture of what I know needs to happen this year it's exciting if it all comes together I'm trying to put the ducks in a row. <laughs> I'd say there's a few awards to come and you've had a few awards already. Mm, yes yeah. so I, th- I think our highlight of 2016 or the highlight of the entire journey so far was um, we won a silver award at the here, and, and actually even more than that so in our category which was um, sweet baking mixes so there was five finalists in the category and our cookie mix two of our cookie mixes held five of those places which was massive for us so our Oatly-Dotly mix was a finalist and off the, the Choco Berry was also a finalist but it also then won Silver as well so that was massive for us considering this is just like I, these are just recipes that I use in my kitchen at home with my children There's, you know, they're simple or at least I think they're simple but It's great to get that recognition for the slog. Well, I'm looking forward now to cracking open
0: the jars that we have at home that Santa put into the stockings. The children were very excited about them. I put them away somewhere safe until I'm ready to bring them out as opposed to them saying, oh, can we do these now? But a great idea and I wish all the best with it. Thanks very much for coming in and sharing the story this evening. And just remind the listeners of your web address because that's probably the best place to direct them.
4: Yeah, so if you go on to www.bakeiteasy.ie. You'll find all my social media links and everything there.
0: Maria, yep. great to talk to you. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you. Thanks, Emily. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FM. Welcome back to the best possible taste with me Sharon Noonan. If you're just tuning in you can catch the full show later in the week on the podcast which is on my website SharonNoonan.com or have a look for it on iTunes to download free of charge and you can listen to it using the podcast app. Just before the break I was delighted to have Maria Brosnan from Beckett Easy in studio so I hope you'll be rushing out now to your local Super Value to pick up one of her fantastic products. I know Hannah and Mikey Noonan are very excited and looking forward to the day that I actually say yes let's make them and I promise my children that will be very soon. Also on the show tonight we've heard about blogging from Evan Mangan from the marketing crowd and at the start of the show Rachel Keeley from Food and Wine magazine was here talking about a recent visit to Kilkenny. So we've one final interview for you this evening and we're going back into the archives again and this time it's to hear from Dominique Kemp. I talked to her in February last year about juicing and it is january is juicing month really let's face it it is so let's have another listen to that interview cheers chin chin
2: salut
0: dominie you're very welcome to the program this evening
2: thank you so much thanks for having me back
0: and we're going to talk about juicing
2: Mm, i know it's it's, uh juicing in january seem to go hand in hand really and i think it's all part of everyone's New Year's resolutions to sort of uh, shed all those unwanted Christmas pounds and, and really everyone's looking for a fast and furious way to do it but um, you know, ideally we'd all be doing something better over 12 months period <laughs> so we're not going through these sort of binge phases which we're, we're all guilty of at some time.
0: Well tell me why you think juicing has become so popular.
2: Well I think it's, it's, it's like a lot of these things you know it's, it's, it has its detractors without a doubt but um, I think people feel that, you know, and certainly uh, if you do juice, you do feel the benefits of uh, getting what feels like really concentrated surge of, of uh, you know, goodness. Um, now people might argue that, you know, you're not getting the fiber and, and, and I do appreciate that, but I think there's a lot of benefits to juicing. Um, would I juice every day, my whole life? No, absolutely not. But um, I think juice, you know has moved on from what we'd imagine, you know, juice made from pasteurized concentrates, you know that are full of sugar and don't do much for us nutritionally. I think when people think of juicing now, they think of predominantly juicing vegetables, you know, and I think that's the strength of it. I think if you're juicing loads of fruit, it's probably not doing a huge um, amount of good um in the same way juicing predominantly vegetables will.
0: So you mentioned there about fibre about not getting the fibre explain what you mean by that
2: Well if you have say um, if you ate an, an apple um, nutritionists will say the fibre from that and, and everything will slow down sort of the sugar and it, it's you're getting a lot more of the benefits of eating a whole apple than if you just pressed um, an apple and just drank apple juice um, Yes obviously there's goodness in that apple juice but there is quite a lot of sugar in um in something like just a you know straight up apple juice now if you're juicing things like beetroot and carrot and and not using too much apple um but maybe you're eating an apple instead all of these things um are going to contribute to a sort of better approach to to juicing because it's pointless us all thinking oh well we just juice pineapples and oranges and grapes and apples and everything all day that's an awful lot of sugar so you have to be conscious would you actually eat that much fruit in a day you probably wouldn't so it's just all about balance and moderation to be honest
0: So what would the ideal combination be in in your view?
2: Well some of the ones that we've come up with um, certainly for our our, um, juice and whole foods um, cafe called Alchemy and we've worked with a New York juice consultant and raw food chef over there um, as well as some nutritionists here in Ireland. And really what we were looking for was to try and um, predominantly juice vegetables, but also to look to introduce some herbs and spices. So, for instance, one of our juices is called Anti-Everything, and um, it has a lot of ginger, carrot, but it also has turmeric, and it has a little bit of flaxseed oil and black pepper. And the reason it has that in it is that the turmeric is one of the most anti-inflammatory Um, foods there are and it's it's fantastic and it's been well recognized as being very beneficial to us and inflammation is you always hear about different wanting to reduce inflammation um in the bodies and uh it needs though the flaxseed oil or some sort of fat um in order to um, help your body process it and the black pepper so we've come up with this juice and it's, it's really warming it's delicious in winter time and um yeah, you, you feel feel great in Touchwood. I haven't had any colds or flu this year, so I'm hopeful uh, um, uh, that it's it's down to uh, lots of wheatgrass shots as well, and of, of course some healthy juices. Well,
0: whenever anybody thinks about juicing, I think they think the drink is actually quite sweet, but that doesn't sound particularly sweet. That combination.
2: No, I think I think people recognise that you know juicing should be, again mainly vegetables, if you need to, if you find it hard to um, juice things like spinach and cucumber and celery and maybe a little bit of avocado, you know, blended into it or something, um, um, maybe a bit of ginger and lime juice, you know, people might find that quite hard. They find, you know, juicing things like kale very difficult, things like beetroot. So sometimes we say to people, you know, start off easy, like put some apple in there or something to make it palatable, because it is hard when you try to juice, um, predominantly, kind of green juice, vegetable juices, um, but introduce it slowly and then wean yourself off the apples and instead, you know try and eat an apple a day instead.
0: And the green ones are the ones to go for.
2: Yeah, we have we have one that we call our mean greens, and it is <laughs> kale and spinach and celery and cucumber. And um, there's ginger and uh, lemon juice in that. There is a tiny amount of, of apple in there but it, it gives it a little balance but um, it, it's minimal to be honest um, and really we've a different green one that people start off on which has a little bit more apple in it and once they can tolerate that they can go on to the the mean greens as it were um, and uh, yeah I mean it's it's fantastic if especially if you have not been eating your five a day you know you, you have this and you really um you know you feel well at least I'm, I'm doing something
0: Your business then, Alchemy Juices, which is all about juicing, what was the inspiration behind opening that up?
2: Well, I think that, um, you know, in 2013 I had breast cancer and I was certainly a lot more interested in in what I was eating and drinking during that period um, because I really wanted to try and stay as healthy as I could and and also wanted to remain infection-free. I didn't want to pick up any of the viruses or anything. I, I really um, I was quite militant about it. I was just in such a hurry to get my treatment over with. I didn't want anything to interrupt it. So I was looking at things that would help boost my immune system or just support good health, really. Um, and I really, I've always emphasized this that I, I never for one second think that any of these things, you know, cured the cancer. But what I do think is they kept me in pretty good shape. And then because of that, I was able to maybe tolerate treatment without interruptions and got through it maybe better than, than I would have if I hadn't been eating well. And I think that's that's the point. Um, and really, it was during this time I was really became a lot more interested in actually what I could do to help myself feel better. And I definitely found, uh, certainly with the wheatgrass shots, they're not the most pleasant, but they, um, yeah, they definitely you feel a lot better on them and um, as I said, uh, you know, I've been in pretty good nick since um, and uh, I like to to think it's a combination of things but certainly eating well must help
0: Do you find it's something that you implement at home that it's easy to implement with your family?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, you know the the five year old, is not going to drink a mean green juice, you know, and she loves apple juice but what I would do and what I'd always recommend for parents is to water it right down, you know, it's it's trying to get them not into the habit of really wanting those very sweet things um, you know and I think it, it's if you can ban certain things at home you know it, it, I'm, I'm all for enjoying life and believe me I'm not, not perfect all the time at all by a long shot um, but I think it's you know, what we try and do is eat very wholesome, plain food and and try and cook as much as possible. Um, And that's terribly important. Um, You know, the difficulty is, and it's it's a convenience issue for us because we're all time short. The problem is that if you, you know, you ping your dinner in the microwave and you have a full, um, fully blown dinner after a few minutes in, in the microwave, that means you're not cooking at home. And it's very hard to control what goes into that dinner. You're not in control of the the salt and the sugar and all these things that go into processed food so my you know main concern and through my irish times column as well is it's really trying to encourage people to to try and cook more at home and it doesn't have to be fancy it's you know it's uh, it can be very very plain but it's just to get us back to the stove you know cooking does take time there are quick dishes but it's one of those things you've got to invest in it I, i do believe
0: And is it worth investing in a juicer to have at home?
2: Yeah, I think there are a lot of good juicers um, now available and um, certainly January is probably a great time to um, buy something like this. Um, Probably for a family, you might look at a smoothie um, maker instead. It might be something that everyone can enjoy a bit more. Um, So certainly with the smoothies, and then you do get the benefit of um, some fiber as well. Um, And kids certainly love it um we've we've made some lovely um ones where you know some apple and um loads of crushed ice and and again lemon and a little bit of ginger um and you know maybe a handful of of strawberries in the summer or something like that and kids love that and you know it gets them certainly interested in the idea of eating more fruit and, and um, vegetables as you as you wean them onto um different things but I think smoothie makers can um they can be fun and you could probably get a bit more value out of them. The juicing might be something that uh unfortunately uh, we're all guilty of buying these things and then they get put in the cupboard and <laughs> not brought out. So to start off smally small and um I'd I'd go for a a smoothie maker first and, and, and then see how you get on.
0: And I think with the kids then they actually quite like throwing their bits and pieces into the the dish that there's going to be mushed up for them
2: absolutely they're kind of quicker and easier to Mm. clean and all that you know there's there's a lot of benefits and like even today i made one with beetroot and cucumber and a whole lime whole lemon and um some avocado and it was like cold uh, beetroot soup um and it was okay like it was it was i I was fine with it but then i'm thinking actually if i put an apple in i bet you kids would would you know they Mm. might they might tolerate it and um, yeah I mean they weren't crazy it. the beetroot was strong for sure uh, and the ginger was, was strong in it but you know it's a start and, and that's all you want.
0: Absolutely Well you have a website there it's alchemyjuices.ie where listeners can go on and find out more about the the juicing side of of your empire of many businesses (laughs) that you have. And uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us this evening.
2: Not at all. Thank you so much for having me. Bon appétit.
0: Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. So that was Dominique Kemp there talking about juicing. And I hope you have enjoyed tonight's show. Many thanks for tuning in and, of course, to all of tonight's guests, Dominique Kemp, Rachel Keeley, Evan Mangan and Maria Brosnan. I'll be back at the same time next week, all being well. So until then, bon appétit.